And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Sydney Greenstreet stars as that gargantuan gourmet detective, Nero Wolf, on the new adventures of Nero Wolf from 1951. Then it's part one of the Red Skelton show, starring Red Skelton and all his gang from 1948. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, vivacious Lisa? What's up, vivacious Carl? I'm vivacious. No, not really. No, I didn't think so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I'm really not. No, I know. All right, so what's happening in Hollywood? So the 68th annual Primetime Emmy Award nominations were just announced. I don't know if you heard about that. No. The Emmy Awards will be hosted by... No idea. Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Okay, it will air on ABC September 18th live from the Microsoft Theater in L.A. Okay. And uh, noteworthy, mm-hmm. uh, 23 nominations. Nominations for Fargo. Ooh, so close. Yeah. No. The People versus O.J. Simpson, oh, American Crime wow, Story. Oh, wow, that was fantastic. I'm sorry, 22 nominations fantastic for The People versus O.J. The Game of Thrones was 23 nominations. Jeez. So if you want to look at more of that stuff, what about Fargo? To, is that on there? Did you look? I, Fargo I, I was did phenomenal. Look, but I, I can. I was going to ask you. I can go through maybe drama series or comedy series. Maybe we can uh, do yeah, maybe, one category. Yeah, next time um, because uh, Fargo was my favorite. I know. of the whole year. But I got to tell you, that O.J. Simpson thing. I know was, you loved it. Yeah, and you know what? ESPN also did a documentary called. Um, OJ, um, something. Yes, I, I, I heard about it. I don't I, know what it was I, called. So, something what, similar to yeah. that. And that was off the charts amazing, too. Just incredible. I mean, that was a documentary. That was no, not any, any reenactments or anything like that. But um, uh, This was literally the talk at the water cooler. Great stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate that. All right. It's time now for your uh, great-grandfather, right? Or great-grand-nephew. It's great-great-grand-uncle. Okay. I had that mix, mix, mixed yeah. up You'll a little bit. You'll probably never get it right. Yeah, probably yeah. not. Nero Wolfe was a fictional detective genius created in 1934 by Rex Stout. He was an armchair detective in the truest sense of the term. Wolf rarely left his house. Instead, his assistant, Archie Goodwin, would collect the facts and report back. Wolf would probably not have taken on many cases had he not needed the client's money to pay for his two true passions, fine food and collecting orchids. Archie Goodwin, Wolf's male secretary, 
prodded him into taking cases whenever the bank balance got a little low. Nero Wolf made his way to NBC Radio July 5, 1943, starring Santos Ortega as Wolf, with Louis Van Ruten as Archie. It failed to gain an audience and was soon canceled. It was revived on Mutual in 1945, starring Francis X. Bushman and Elliot Lewis as Archie. This one, too, was canceled after just one season. Ever resilient, a third series known as The New Adventures of Nero Wolf came to NBC Radio October 20th, 1950. Now this one, Lisa starred Sidney Greenstreet as Nero Wolf with Lawrence Dobkin, Gerald Moore, Harry Bartell, and others taking a turn as Archie. The Greenstreet series was by far the best, but it too only lasted one season. The character of Nero Wolf enjoyed greater success on television, books, and in movies. Time now for the new adventures of Nero Wolf. Let's go back to January 26, 1951, for the case of the Phantom Finger starring Sidney Greenstreet. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell means mystery, adventure. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. What? You're expecting Mr. Wolf at your place in three hours? Your place is where? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm expecting Hedy Lamar in 15 minutes. Yeah, but, mister, we're both out of luck. <laughs> Archie, what are you babbling about? There's a character on the phone who's laboring under the naive delusion that you're about to make a trip upstate. His name? Finley, he said. In that case, he's quite correct. Yeah, he's quite... Uh, uh, yes, Mr. Finley. Mr. Wolf will be there. Yeah, goodbye. I should need some beer, Archie. The bottle opener's in the right-hand drawer. Thank you. What one of us needs is a psychiatrist. You're voluntarily leaving your happy home, exposing yourself to the elements, entrusting your only life to a savage automobile? I am. Oh, somebody's offered you the United States Treasury, huh? Mr. Finley happens to grow orchids. Among them, he has developed a plant possessing spurred labili. I have an opportunity to purchase a couple of the plants, therefore... I don't believe it. But Archie, according to the reports I have received, he has produced a strain of black cypripidium. Oh, well, in that case. But, Mr. Wolf, while it's true that black may be the color of your true love's hair, it is also true that black is the color of funerals. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the detective genius who rates the knife and fork the greatest tools ever invented by man. The ponderous, brilliant, and unpredictable Nero Wolf. Created by Rex Stout and brought to you in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. Beginning of the case of the Phantom Fingers actually had nothing to do with black orchids. The first act was played in an old house at the end of an old dirt road. It was short and simple. As short as life. And as simple as murder. Joe, I didn't believe the letters I got. Didn't believe them until now. I've been a lonely man. No wife, children. Joe, it was all coming to you after I died. There was no need for you to steal from me. All you had to do was wait. Joe, that gun. Put it down. No, no, no. Archie. Yes, Mr. Wolf. How much longer? Oh, an hour, maybe. Why? I'm a fool. Yeah, well, payday's tomorrow. I refuse to agree with you. <laughs> Besides, the trip's been fine so far, huh? So there's snow on the road, but... Uh, Fooey. Well, it's nice snow. 
Pretty soon it'll be springing in the spring. If you mention old Tidmas once more, I shall strangle you. Uh, no, no, it's against the law. But you know, if that snow melts much faster, the trees won't look so pretty. Trees, are they really necessary? Uh-huh. People cut them down and make paper out of them. And they take the paper and make dollar bills. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, we're surrounded by future fees. I prefer the finished product. What on earth is that? Sounds like a river. Indeed. Except there aren't any rivers around here. Hey. Yeah? Up ahead. What? It's a river. Only it isn't a river. It's wet. It's wet and it's got waves on it. Had to start raining, too. Nature. Fui. road behind us is covered with water. We just have to keep going onward and upward. Would you like to recite Excelsior to me? I sure. Shades of night were falling fast when through an alpine village passed... An idiot of your caliber, no doubt. Oh. <sighs> An infernal engine has died. No, no, the road dips up ahead. And where it dips, there's a junior Mississippi growing up. Splendid. Not so splendid. We can't go back and we can't go forward. Why not? They didn't build this model to swim. No foresight. What do we do now? Well, we could abandon the car and, uh... Walk, are you mad? Are you seriously suggesting I indulge in a foot race with the flood? Yeah, well, not seriously, but, uh... Oh, you've decided to give the car a swimming lesson? No. There's what looks like a cow path leading off the highway. To your right. Maybe it's a road. We progress. We now follow the footstep of the cow. Ah, it is a road. An old dirt road. Not only that, it goes up. Is that good? Theoretically. We might get above the water that way. And if the theory fails? Mr. Wolf, how are you on the Australian crawl? Hey, there's been another car on this road before us. You can see the tire tracks in the mud. Interesting. An indication that there are other maniacs about. I myself would not have chosen this particular spot to picnic in. Well, it's not that. There's somebody lying on the road. People have peculiar habits. Ignore him and drive on. Uh-uh. Hold on a moment. Mr. Wolf, you better come out here. My madness has its limits. The answer is No. Serious, Archie? Very serious. Oh, very well. Uh, oh, my Good heavens. Yeah, still alive, but... Uh, the man's being shot. He's mumbling. Joe. Uh, He's Joe. Joe. He's still... Uh, don't forgive stealing. Uh, don't... Uh, uh, so much for that. Pick him up, Archie. Put him in the car. Might be bad for him to be moved. No. There is nothing that can be bad for him. He's dead. Is this blasted road leading anywhere, Archie? Well, seems to be a clearing up ahead. Maybe... Hey, it's a house. Splendid. I'm not so sure. It's perched up on top of a cliff surrounded on three sides by nothing. On the side facing us, there's a deep ravine and a small wooden bridge. An island in the air. Hmm. Yeah. High enough to keep above water, maybe, but... Now, that bridge doesn't look too good. Rain may have weakened it. 
have no choice, Archie. I have no intention of being drowned in these barbaric surroundings. The bridge, Archie. Okay, hold on. Oh, that thing's collapsing under us. How momentum, sir? Well, if it doesn't, 37 blondes are going to be wearing black. Correction, 38. I forgot the one in Gimbel's bargain basement. Hey, we made it. The bridge will never be the same, though. There's a car ahead of us in front of the house. The car from which our friend, our dead friend, was thrown. Only one set of car tracks in the mud along the road, and here... And all we have to do is walk in, ask for the owner of the house, and, uh... Possibly, and possibly not. Archie, go through the corpse's pockets. Oh, that's not cricket. Yeah, all right, all right, I'm going through. Not much on him. Handkerchief, silver, driver's license. The name was, uh, James Miller. Address, Garner Lane. Walden. Now, I've got an idea this is Garner Lane, Mr. Wolf. In which case, someone named Joe was looking after the house for him, committed theft, and murdered Miller. Miller's body was then dumped on the road in the hopes that the floods would wash the body away. No one at the house seems to have noticed our arrival. No. Nope. Well, let's go in and ask for Joe, huh? Very well. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. uh. Hard. With the bridge down, there's absolutely no way of getting on or off this bridge. Except for a mountain goat. I don't know any mountain goats. <laughs> I used to know a plain goat once, though. Indeed. He ran at the fifth at Jamaica. Stop mourning. I never mourned her. Also, I never win bets on horse races. <laughs> That's why I continue to work for you. That is also why you had better ring the doorbell. Okay, okay. Nobody's going to break a leg rushing to open the door. I suppose you try it. I have it more than enough of the weather. Is that polite? Besides, the killer may have some more bullets in that gun. Are you afraid? Sure. Fooey, the door, Archie. But old Dr. Tidmouse would say... Well, never mind. Mm. Hey, somebody was careless leaving the door open like that. On the other hand, does a spider ever shut its web? And the answer is no. Are we flies? Yes. Out of my way, Archie. There are lights up ahead. Must be the living room. Excuse me. Uh, sure, sure, you're excused. Uh, do you live here, sir? Do we? No, don't you? Of course not. This is very strange. I came out to see the people who live here, or the person. I found the door open and no one about. I've been sitting in this corner now for a long time. Oh, it's a pity no one offered you a plum pie. Then you could have stuck in your thumb. You saw no one enter, sir? Uh, no one at all. I didn't want to go any further. It would have seemed like prime. Perhaps you had better come along with us. Well, uh, all right. You know, this place, it has an evil atmosphere. Certainly has. What it needs is fresh air. Hooey. This would be the living room door. A job. It is. Looks as pretty as a picture. At the... Oh. Hello. Well, just think of it. Five minutes ago, you know, I didn't know you existed. And you didn't know I existed. And now... Archie, uh, your existence would have a sudden end unless you keep quiet. Uh, excuse us for intruding, Miss... Intruding? Uh, oh, but I really should ask you to excuse me. You do not live here? I wish I did, but... You see, I've been out walking. I live maybe a, oh, a mile from here, and 
Then when the flood began, I, I thought I'd come in here and stay for a while. And you found? An empty house. That's not what I found. <laughs> As old Dr. Tidmouse has often said... Go through the rest of the house, Archie. Go through the rest... Yeah, well, never mind. I'll, uh... What's on? Somebody's walking. Coming downstairs. I'll go and see. Hey, you! Hey, hey, Come on into the living room. Meet your guests in one or several pieces as you prefer. You what? Oh. Hiya, folks. Ah, who's at last? That's very funny. I think I'll laugh. Uh, uh. May I ask why? Because this here ain't my dump. I was just casing the joint. I mean, I was just taking a stroll. Through the house? I'm eccentric. Oh, clever. However, I think you'd better stay. Why? Because you may turn out to be the owner of this house after all. I rather think introductions are in order. Well, I'm Peg Shirley. Uh, my name is Wagner. Joseph Wagner? Uh, Lewis. How about you, Stroller? Cragen. Sam Cragen. Hmm. Peg, Louis, Sam. Mr. Cregan, while you were strolling upstairs, did you notice anyone else about? No. There was no one outside when Archie and I entered. The bridge is down, effectively cutting us off from further visitors. We may assume, therefore, that we are the only people in not about this house. Yeah, it's cozy, ain't it? Which further means that one of you three is a murderer. Am I? Am I? Oh, what the murderer is the person who owns or lives in this house. All three of you denied being that person. Conclusion, one of you is a liar. Well, I, 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 that. How I hardly expected a full immediate confession. However, we are absolutely isolated here. No one is going to come or leave until we have a killer. You know, you can't really keep us here. The flood can and will. Remember, the bridge is no longer. So you see, just the five of us alone. No one else inside the house, no one outside. Therefore... <laughs> Correction, Mr. Wolf. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's a branch or something tapping against the door. Unlikely. Archie. Okay, I'll go see who or what it is. Oh, hey. Uh, oh, I got him. Somebody shut the door. Yeah, all right, I get it. A disreputable and unwashed gentleman, head badly hurt. Is he conscious, Archie? I don't know. He's mumbling something. Legs pushed off. Fell from the ledge. He's passed out. I guess he was trying to say that somebody pushed him out on a ledge. The side of the cliff, maybe. He must have regained consciousness and crawled to the house. Where'll I put him, Mr. Wall? Bedroom, I suppose. We'll need first aid. We can't get a doctor. Cregan, where are the bedrooms? Yeah, one right up at the head of the stairs. And don't ask me how I happen to know. We shan't, Archie. Okay. I'll need somebody to help me carry him up without shaking him too badly. Cregan? Okay. Uh, let's go. As for the rest of you, Mr. Wagner, Miss Shirley, I suggest we return to the living room. But I don't see any reason why we should take orders from you. One of you is a murderer. I include Mr. Cregan, of course. Oh, but that poor man wasn't dead. Not for lack of trying. However, I was not referring to him. You mean... You mean someone else has been killed? Precisely. That is why I hope we should not hear another knocking at the door. It could only be a corpse. Archie. And Cregan. Yeah. The injured man? 
Still out. Probably got a concussion. Uh, did he say anything further? Well, he babbled a bit. I don't know if... Uh, we should assume we're among friends, Archie. Exactly what did he say? Well, he was pushed over the edge of the cliff because he saw Miller killed. Ah, did he also see who? No, passed out before he had a chance. He's an old tramp, Mr. Wolf. He was bumming his way through the country when he saw the murder. He must have decided on a touch of blackmail and receiving a concussion instead, which may last for hours or for days. <gasps> Somebody's playing with the lights. Some fool. Yeah, the switch was over this way. Ah. Yeah, the lights are on again. Whose idea was that? I had nothing to do with it. Me neither. Miss Shirley, why did you scream? Oh, well, someone brushed against me in the, in the darkness. You were standing? Uh, near the table, this table. Archie? Oh, nothing on the table except a bunch of keys on a ring. Eh, hey, something screwy. Why should a guy put the lights out just to deposit a bunch of keys on a table? Obvious. Without doubt, those are the keys of this house. Possession of them would have disclosed which of you lives here and which of you therefore killed Miller. It's late. I shall sleep down here, lacking an elevator to transport me upstairs. The elevator's lacking. Yes, the rest of you should be able to find bedrooms upstairs. Good night. Archie. Yeah? Follow them upstairs. Spend the night awake. Okay. Good heavens, Archie. On my way. I know. What's cooking up here? Uh, somebody's playing with the lights up Strike a match. You don't have to. I got a flashlight. Oh, yeah. oh, here it is. Light switch. You know, this putting out of lights is getting to be somebody's bad habit. Well, all three of you seem to be okay. Stay here. Where where are you going? Tramp's room, right here at the head of the stairs. Think of all your good deeds while I'm gone. All right, downstairs again. What, again? Oh, dear. What happened? Well, it was more than a bunch of keys this time. Oh, that knife. There's blood on it. There should be. I just pulled it out of a man's heart. Well, Mr. Wolf, one of these three babies doused the lights, popped into the tramp's room, deposited the knife in his chest, and popped right out again. The knife you're holding? Yeah. Intelligent of you to wrap a handkerchief around the handle. Well, whoever killed the tramp didn't have time to fool around with gloves, so... There should be prints on the knife handle. Satisfactory, Archie. That's mild enthusiasm. Archie, on that desk, an ink pad. Yeah. Miss Shirley, Mm -hmm. you carry face powder, of course? Yes, I do. Archie will need it to bring out the prints on the knife. He will then fingerprint each of you. Compare your prints with those on the knife... And we shall have a murderer to hand over to the police. Archie, will you begin, please? Here they are, Mr. Wolf. Three cards labeled with Miss Shirley's name, Cregan's, and Wagner's. Their respective prints are on each card. Good. I have a knife here. Several quite distinct prints on it. It should be child's play to, uh... Hmm. Archie. Yeah? Take your own prints and mine. What? Do as I say quickly. Yes, sir. All right, give me your thumb. Thank you. Ah, that's it. Now mine. Thank me. Ah, yeah. There's something wrong. Something wrong and deadly loose in this house tonight. Well, there's a card with your prints and mine. Thank you. <clears throat> now you got five cards all together. So I have. Uh, Archie. What now? Take the ink pad and a fresh card with you. Where am I going with him? Upstairs. But, Mr. Wolf, there's nobody upstairs except the corpse. Precisely. It is his friends I want. (laughs) 
That's the first portion of the New Adventures of Nero Wolf. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the... Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. Com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to the new adventures of Nero Wolf. Archie? Yeah, I got the dead man's prints. Will all of you please sit? All right. Good heavens, young woman. Be careful. We want no accidents. I'm sorry. I caught my high heels in the rug. Archie, the card with the corpse's prints on it. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. Mm. You know, I've had quite enough of this nonsense. Have you, Mr. Wagner? Yeah, and so have I, Mr. Wolf. Also, I don't think you know what you're doing. Perhaps not. However, I have something rather interesting to tell all of you. There is no one in this house besides yourselves, except, of course, for the dead man upstairs. There is no one on the rock on which this house stands, except for another dead man in our car. Look, we already know all that. Bear with me. We may rule out secret passages, unusual hiding places... Or anything of that esoteric and childish nature. We may also rest assured that no one has come to or left this house or rock within the last few hours. Well, that means we're kind of hermetically sealed here, huh? Meaning also that whoever was here when the trap was killed is still here. Still here in this room. Correct, Archie. Now then, I have checked the dead tramp's prints against those on the knife. Theoretically, suicide was possible. However, the prints do not match. That guy was in no condition to kill himself anyway. True. And I checked Archie's prints and mine against those on the knife. No similarity. Oh, but no one suspected either of you. Thank you, but I had to be thorough. That left only the three of you. I compared your cards and the prints on them with the prints on the handle of the knife. And? I want you to remember one thing very clearly. We're the only living people in this house or on this rock of land. No tricks are possible and may be ruled out. All right, so what? This. The prints on the handle of the knife that pierced the heart of the man upstairs do not match his prints or the prints of anyone in this room. Uh, no, mine wouldn't match. Would you mind saying that again? He doesn't have to. And those cards, Mr. Wolf, has the prints of everybody here. And yet none of them match the prints on the knife handle. But, well, in that case, who or, or what killed him? There must be someone else in the house. I give you my word, there is not. Hey, you thinking about ghosts or something? Ghosts never leave fingerprints. I, 
I, I've got to get away. I can't stand this. Me too. Come on, lady. But I, I'll come along with you, if you don't mind. Mr. Wolf. Let them go. The bridge is down. They can't get far. Okay. I don't get it. Get one. Well, the fingerprint business. And who killed Miller plus the tramp? The identity of the killer, Archie, is quite obvious. It is? To who? To whom? Who's whom? <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah, I'm stalling for self-respect. You know? Uh, of course I do. I have no conclusive proof, however. I had hoped the fingerprints would be of assistance there, but they proved to be phantoms. I'm still smarting about the other thing. You know, it's at times like this that I almost agree with you about my intelligence. Lack of intelligence? Yeah, well, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in. Just go ahead. Yeah, well, maybe you better rub it in. From now on, you may refer to my brain in the negative. In the negative? Bless you, Archie. What I've just done, I don't know, but can I have a raise? No. I'll take it back. You can't. Get the others in at once. Mr. Wolf, you now have the appearance of Mr. Wolf being surrounded by several dozen bottles of beer. What have I done? You've explained the fingerprints, Archie. Hurry. I don't want to keep the killer in suspense. Here. No, I'm very nervous. Archie. Like they're all here. Yes, but they're all making a noise. Stop them. Miss Shirley, Mr. Craig, and Mr. Wagner, will you please shut? Uh, uh, Mr. Wolf, they have. Thank you, Archie. Now then, I have known for some little time which of you killed the tramp and Miller. I lack proof, however. And you... you have it now? I will admit for a while I was flummoxed by the negative evidence of the fingerprints. They seem to indicate that the tramp was murdered by a phantom. However, the word negative itself has solved the minor problem. Minor to whom? To whom? Never mind. Shh. Archie, what is the salient feature of a film negative? Well, I suppose it's the fact that the darks are light and the lights are dark. Huh? Precisely. A reversal, then, of the actual appearances. Now, are there any similarities between filmed images and fingerprints? Oh, in a way... You could call the whorls and hollows that determine the individual characteristics of a fingerprint the lights and darks, huh? You could. I shall. Miss Shirley, yes. would you help in an experiment? Well, of course. Thank you. Archie, I want you to take Miss Shirley's fingerprints once again. Okay. Pad and card. Here you are, Miss Shirley. All right. Archie, quick. Huh? Grab her arm. I got it. Well, Usually I don't have to be coached, but... Let go of me. What are you trying to do? Miss Shirley... You already had pressed your fingers on the ink pad once. Why were you about to do it a second time? Well, I... I just wanted to make a better impression. Truly. Archie wiped some of the ink off her fingers. Oh, but then it won't be any good. It'll be very good, Archie. I've well, done it. And take the print. No, no, let go of me. Maybe I never hurt women if I can help it, but right now I won't be able to help it. Mr. Wolf wants your prints all over again, so down on the night's white card. No. Hey, thanks. Will you let me have that card now, Archie? Sure. In the meanwhile, hold on to Miss Shirley. A pleasure. Indeed? Would you continue to think so, Archie, if I told you that Miss Shirley's first name is not Peg, but happens to be Josephine, for which the diminutive is Joe? Glad they're fixing the bridge. I was beginning to think we'd be here forever. Truly, we have been. <laughs> you know, if those black orchids have been holding their breath waiting for you, they're going to be red in the face. Hey, hey new breed, red orchids, huh? 
Ah, gee, must you talk? Well, it's fun. Also, you've been holding out on me about the case. I surrender. Okay. You know, when we compared the new prints of Josephine with those on the knife, you could have knocked me over with a sash weight. They were identical. Naturally. She stabbed the tramp. Yeah, but what was the fingerprint gag? She merely loaded her fingers so heavily with ink that she falsified the markings. She filled up the hollows and walls with ink. The result was that ridges became hollows and vice versa. In the same fashion that a photographic negative falsifies lights and darks. You got that when I mentioned the word negative? It works, huh? Try it sometime. Yeah, the very next bank I rob. <laughs> but you said you knew who killed Miller and the tramp even before you exposed the fingerprint gimmick. How? We knew Miller's murderer lived in this house. Had been stealing from him and so on. Uh-huh. Stealing what? Cash, of course. He, as the girl admitted, was an eccentric. Kept his money on the property. Cregan had probably heard of it, hence his casing of the house. Yeah? Our problem, therefore, was to discover who lived in this house. All three suspects denied it. Josephine Shirley told us, as you may remember, that she'd gone for a walk and then been driven by the flood to this house where we found her. Well, that's what she said. It could have been. No. Because, as you may also remember, she tripped at one point over the living room rug and mentioned why. Sure. Sure, she said she was wearing high heels and... Uh-oh, because out in the country there are no pavements, so girls don't go for walk in high heel shoes. Therefore, she hadn't gone for a walk. Therefore, she was lying. Therefore, she killed Miller and... <laughs> I should have noticed those heels myself. You should have, Archie. Your trouble, I suspect, was that uh, you didn't notice the feet for the legs. <laughs> You have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolfe, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Gerald Moore as Archie Goodwin, and G.G. Pearson, Howard McNear, Tim Graham, and Eddie Fields. Next week, at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Vanishing Shells. Don Stanley speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. And that's the new adventures of Nero Wolf from January 26, 1951, with the case of the Phantom Fingers, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Also in the cast, Howard McNear, Gerald Moore, Gigi Pearson, and Eddie Field, sustained over NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, Lisa, it's time for a good comedy. You like Red Skelton, right? I sure do. Isn't it interesting that he, later in life, became a very famous artist? He used to paint clowns, and his works are worth lots and lots of money now. But he started in vaudeville and, of course, in radio and then had a big television show. And I think you're going to really enjoy this. Let's go back to a broadcast date of September 10th, 1948. On this show, one of the skits is Junior's camping trip. You remember Junior, the mean widow kid? He would be like, I do it, I do it, right? Of course. All right, let's go back and tune in to part one of the Red Skelton Show. Ladies and gentlemen, the following program was prepared for you. We hope you're prepared for it. (laughs) From Hollywood. 
but Procter & Gamble presents the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. And now, from Metro-Golden-Mare, the star of our show, Red Skelton! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, O'Connor? How are you, Skelton? Well, I'm a little tired, and I've been up all night. What doing? Guarding my gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up all night tonight, too. But why are you going to stay up all night tonight? You're out of gas now. I know, but I look silly siphoning in the daytime. Right? <laughs> I rode down here tonight on the bus. Boy, was that thing crowded. They were in there like sardines. Really? Huh? Really? Yeah. Everybody got off with a fishy stare. <laughs> Fixed for gas. How are you fixed for gas? Okay, but it's my own fault. Everybody tells me I eat too fast. <laughs> well, let's try what's written here uh-huh. now. Well, Scott, this is our second show. Yeah. Uh, tell me, were you as nervous uh, as you were last week? Am I as nervous? No, I wasn't too nervous last week. Well, tell me you weren't nervous. Before the show, I said, uh, let me shake your hand. You should, uh, said, why? It's doing okay, but... <laughs> to go to a cheap dentist. It happens every time. He's not kidding, though. I was nervous. No kidding. I was so nervous last week, I put my hand on the dressing room table and I got an answer from the spirit world. So you did all right on the Life of Riley program that follows us, too. Yeah, you know, this is a nice setup on Friday night. Mm-hmm. If our show dies, Digger Odell, the friendly undertaker, comes in. <laughs> Sorry I said that. <laughs> I'd like to say it's good to be working with you again, well, Red. thanks, Rod. I'd like to say it's good to be working with you again. Mm-hmm. Now that we've said what's written here, I'd like to say it's good to be eaten. <laughs> well, Red, last week you started to tell me about your vacation. Uh, yeah. Tommy, did you do any horseback riding? Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Of a morning, you get on the horse and you leave the dirty old smoky city. You ride all day and you just bounce around until you get to the top of the mountain. And then mm-hmm. that night, you got a beautiful view of the dirty old smoky city. <laughs> Well, tell me, did your wife, Georgia, enjoy sleeping out? I'll get killed for this. <laughs> Do I ask me again? All right. Tell me, did your wife, Georgia, enjoy sleeping out? <laughs> she must have. She snored so loud, seven moose answered her. People you'll meet sooner or later. Friends, if you drive a car, sooner or later you'll run into a guy that don't stop for a red light, or vice versa. Don't lose your head, though, because the guy may be one of them Willie Lump Lump fellers. Boy, it's nothing like living dangerously. Now, careful, Willie, you're over the white line. We must be getting closer to town. We're sideswiping more cars now. Look, Mr. Oldfield, will you stop this junk heap? I'd like to get out. I can't stop. There's no curbs handy. Must you have a curb to stop? Oh, no, no, no. Point out a brick wall, that'll do. You mean there are no brakes on this thing? No, I don't believe in loading a car down with a lot of excess, excess. I don't. 
don't know why you let anyone swindle you with this thing. Oh, it was easy. I was just walking up the street, went by a, one of them used car lots, looked in my wallet. Next thing I knew, I was yelling, put me down. <laughs> the dealer was awful nice, though. He offered to carry my wallet and everything. <laughs> car only cost $2,000. I ain't bad for a Stanley Steamer, you know. You mean to say that you paid $2,000 for this ash can on wheels? Oh, when I think of all the intelligent men I could have married, it just makes me ill. Yeah, well, it makes me pretty sick, too. Just keep on. Shut up, Willie. Now, don't you yell at me, Willie Lumplum. Watch where you're driving. Uh, ah! Good heavens. What was that that just hurtled across the radiator? That's the pedestrian, the cowards. They're pole vaulting. Well, I wish you'd at least bought an antique with windows in it. I never noticed before. Ain't this thing got a windshield in it? No, this ain't got a windshield in it. Well, I was wondering why that windshield wiper kept smearing my nose all over my face. Oh, if you were the right kind of a husband at all, you'd see that I was shivering and half frozen. Yeah. I'm so cold, I've turned purple. Well, I must say it's more becoming to you than your usual green. <laughs> I don't know if it's your remarks or if it's the air that's coming in that's making me so cold. Oh, I don't think... Look, I'm sorry I yelled at you, lost me. Say, you are cold, aren't you? Your goose pimples are riding each other piggyback. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's a blanket in the back seat. I'll get it for you. Willie, keep your hand on the wheel. <laughs> well, you nearly killed me. I hope you're satisfied. No, I'm not. Can we go around the block and try again? Well, where's the blanket? Well, look, it's in the back seat. I'll get it if you'll hold on to the wheel. I can... Hey, what's all this junk in the back seat? Oh, how should I know? Just get the blanket. Yeah, I will. Just a minute. I'll turn the page. See what I'm going to do next. Here we go. <laughs> I'll just pull the blanket from under this stuff. Say, <laughs> that reminds me. I got to go to the musician's convention again next year. <laughs> Willie, where are you? In the back seat with the motor. I told you to hold the wheel. I'm holding the wheel, all four of them. Did we hit that other car? Huh? Did we hit that other car? That's a brilliant remark. I don't think it had a nervous breakdown from fright. Boy, I sure aged that baby fast, didn't I? Huh? Now, look, I look, the other driver, I better be careful with him there. Why? I don't think them shoulder pads in, the, in his shoulders are pads. <laughs> I don't know what it says, but it's got to do. <laughs> look, let me handle it. <laughs> you keep your big mouth out of this. Now. You don't stop saying my mouth is big. Well, it is. Every time you yawn, you swallow your head. So <laughs> uh, go and see this guy. Hiya, buddy. Imagine meeting you here, huh? You all right, buddy? Don't worry about a thing. I got plenty of insurance, buddy. Uh, you all right, buddy? 
Hey, buddy, take your head out of the exhaust pipe and answer me. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I am a bit yeah. shaken. Yeah, you are. Tell me, weren't you driving on the wrong side of the street? No, I was driving on the same side you were, only you were coming the other way. <laughs> well, tell me, do you always drive side saddle? No, I bought this car from a used car dealer, and the price through the car a little out of line. Was anybody in your car injured? Your wife looks nauseated. Now, you ought to steer without makeup on it. Yes, I, I think so. Well, you're all right. Now, look, don't worry about a thing. I got plenty of insurance. Here, take a swig of this. It's really peptonic. That'll bring you around, boy. Oh, thanks, but I'm not... Go a, ahead, I, swallow it. Well, just, I... just hold on to your eyeballs and swallow it. Okay? <laughs> well, uh, I'll try it. Go right ahead, boy. <clears throat> what did you say that stuff was? Willy Lump Lump Peptonic. That's pre-war stuff. Providing the war breaks out tomorrow. <laughs> Another gulp now. Go right ahead. Now, don't worry about it. I sure sneaked up on you, didn't I? Uh, thank you. <clears throat> I'm feeling better already. Good, I, good. I think my tonsils just dissolved. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look very comfortable balanced on your ear that way. Better lay down in the gutter. You'll oh, feel better. Go ahead. Right. Don't worry. I'm covered with insurance. You've got all nothing right. to worry about, fella. You want another swig? Just help yourself. Uh-oh. Here comes the Dick Tracy's of tomorrow. Now. Just relax. Don't worry about a thing now. Don't worry about a thing. Well, it looks like you boys were playing leapfrog with your automobile. Yeah. What happened? What happened? Smell that man's breath and ask no more questions. <laughs> And that's part one of the Red Skelton Show from September 10th, 1948, with Red Skelton and all his gang. Rod O'Connor doing the announcing there, sponsored by Tide, as heard on NBC. We'll have the conclusion to that on our next episode of Hollywood 360. I want to remind all of our listeners that one of our sponsors is Cat's Pride, which is the best kitty litter on the planet. And the CEO of Cat's Pride's name is Dan Jaffe, and he comes in here once a month to draw one of your names, one of our lucky listeners' names, and gives away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. Nice, nice prize. So if you want to be eligible to win... A year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. Lisa, what do they have to do? Well, I was going to say there's still time to send in a picture of you and your cat and send it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. Make sure to include your name, your cat's name, your city and state. And at the end of each month, we will pick one lucky winner again to win an entire year supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. They have their newest product called Fresh and Light Ultimate Care. It's in the green jug. And Catherine Heigel is the spokesperson for this product. And you can look for it. I, I found it at Jewel and at my pet store as well. Yeah. So again, send it to catspridephoto at gmail.com. And Mike will watch for your submissions and post them on our Facebook page. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. Right, let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. 
This theory is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time, it's the conclusion to the Red Skelton Show from 1948. Then it's a good mystery on the Hall of Fantasy starring Richard Thorne. That's next time on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.